You're listening to the iZombie Veronica Mars We Don't Want to Wait <laughs> Marshmallows Crossover Spectacular. <laughs> yep. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Robin. And, and then what do you say? And we're going to cover, th- <laughs> and what episodes we're going to cover this week. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. So this week we are covering. Uh, Season 3, mm-hmm. episodes mm-hmm. 7, 8, 9, 10. That would be Avice and Men, mm-hmm. Lord of the Pies, Spit and Eggs, Ew. and Show Me the Monkey. Show Me the Monkey. Awesome. Well, uh, we're going to be uh, probably, uh, re- we're going to be wrapping up one case and getting into another. So, um, yeah, I'm anxious to see what what happens after this. College rape, uh-huh. whatever <laughs> serial rapist and head shaver. It's so I still weird. Don't know what the point of the head shaving. We was. are, we are. At least on, we don't want to wait. We are a podcast that uh, went through two seasons of The Handmaid's Tale, and yet just the rape stuff over and over again for this series. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm even more like I guess. I guess Handmaid's Tale is more like really, like really bothering, but it's just kind of like it's it is kind of jarring where you're just like, oh my gosh, that funny thing that Veronica said, and let's talk more about rape. <laughs> just like, yeah, because I feel like the rape part of I mean I know we didn't yeah in season one the whole rape part was mm, the yeah part that you, was just icky and you didn't want to deal with but and then now we're still dealing with rape but i mean i'll tell you the difference between season one and season three uh the rape stuff um (laughs) brought us closer to veronica and feeling for veronica and understanding the way she acts i don't feel Mm -hmm. i don't feel very close to parker at all and she is like the the one person that isn't the main cast that is at the center of all this Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, at the, spoiler alert: When we get to the uh, spit and eggs episode, when she screams "rape," you know, yeah. at Mercer's face. <gasps> spoiler. That that's like I, that was great. Oh yes. Like mm-hmm. like I thought that was a very important moment, and it's just so rare. <laughs> yeah, but and uh, besides that, I'm just looking at her hair going. Are they really trying to convince us this is a wig? Because that's definitely her yeah. hair. And why are you a season regular? And why did they bring over Tina Majorino? Uh, yeah, Majorino. Where's like, Weevil? Why, did they even why is this Weevil, Weevil wandering by you know, in one scene, right. mopping the floor? These, these characters, these actors, could have just been in little arcs yeah. of the season. Yeah, they could have just done season, you know, arcs instead of being actual. Uh, Series regulars. It bothers me. It really does. Uh, give, yeah. give, give Logan more to do. Give Weevil more to do. These guys used to have their own plots, and they even had mm-hmm. Duncan on the show. <laughs> like, <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Mac. Oh gosh. Well, there's an explanation for Mac, but we'll get into that. Um, all right. So let's start off with Phil Clemmer's episode of Vice and Men. Uh, these. Summary is uh, Veronica withdraws from the men in her life to help a girl find her boyfriend, but nearly becomes the campus rapist's latest victim. 
Okay, yeah, so we hear her voiceover. She's like, oh, men have disappointed me. She's mad at her dad mm-hmm. because she knows that he's having it, went through with it, went through with having an affair with a married woman. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of withdrawn from Logan. And Wallace and Piz have left town to go study. Yeah, but then Piz gets sent back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is I, I the first thing I wanted to get into this is the case, okay? And it does start. Mm-hmm. I do my note. Uh, my notes do kind of start with Piz returning after Veronica's shower, and mm-hmm. um, and you know, here we go again. You know, the we're we're I'm liking Piz as a character, like Wallace or. You know, <laughs> or Mac, but as a romantic interest, I'm just not feeling it. I'll tell you mm-hmm. when. So, so when he like invites her to stay, I was like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. Well, I, I can't stand the Justin Bieber haircut. Oh gosh, yeah, the hair it's definitely do, definitely bothers me. <laughs> Yeah, I actually have a f- yeah. I have a friend who looks just like him, and, it's, and it is kind of jarring in that way too. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, like, why should she like Piers? Like, uh, 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 they're okay. They're uh, he, fr- like he's nice to her. <laughs> she like should like him like, because he likes her, and. He's drama free. No, <laughs> yeah, no uh, drama. She doesn't have to. She can depend on him. Down to earth. He's not a oh niner. He likes music. Uh, okay. The, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tweet us with hashtag the case for Piz. <laughs> I'd love to hear more explanations on why we should be rooting for Veronica and Piz. I mean, we can definitely root. Whether or not we appreciate Logan and his actions, and he is a uh, uh, a smoldering uh, ball of charisma, but yeah, there are some justifications on why Veronica and Logan shouldn't be together. But that doesn't mean that she needs to be with Piz. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, let's go with the, get on with the case. Um, okay, so uh, we have Mo finding um, Meryl. Um, so she's missing her boyfriend, and Meryl's played by. Uh, Amanda Walsh and Amanda um, mm-hmm. was one of the people that was considered for the role of Parker. So she, you know, it's kind of, I love how we hear this over and over again in Rob Thomas shows where it's like you're you're auditioning for that main part. You're probably brought back a couple times. You know, Rob definitely loves loves what you're bringing, but just love somebody a little bit more for the part. But he remembers you, you know, mm-hmm. and so she's brought back to play. Um, Meryl here. I mean, I think these casting directors must be like pretty top notch mm-hmm. to bring all this talent. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will give you another bit. It's like, oh darn, you know, she missed out on playing uh, a main character, a title character in third season of Veronica Mars. Even though Parker's role is pretty diminished, but uh-huh. she also went on um, a couple years later in 2007. She was originally cast. In the role of Katie um, In the uh, Pilot for The Big Bang Theory And Katie uh, the, the poor re- There was a poor reception to the episode And the authors of the pilot Then completely rewrote the episode Changed the female's lead name 
and demeanor and replaced her with Kaylee Cuoco and made Penny. So, so she almost was like the star of a sitcom that's been on for about 20 years now. Uh, it was 2007, so that's 12 years. And I, they're ending, I believe, right, this season? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're all over the place right now. So mm-hmm. Amanda now is a uh, staff writer for Schitt's Creek. <laughs> so, oh, so, well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, wow, you know, not only she lost out on, on Parker, but, man, she almost was in, like, one of the biggest sitcoms of, you know, this. Well, I mean, you know, that's Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, it, almost, and it does. It's like what? It's like horseshoes are only counts. I don't know. Horseshoes you and know. hand grenades, absolutes. You're saying? Is uh, okay. that a saying? Yeah, I don't know, but like shit in one I'm hand sure, and put wishes in the other. <laughs> I'm sure there's so many <laughs> stories like that of you know close calls and yeah. if only I would have and if only they would have made this decision. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, we we met Tom Welling. He could have said, "Come hang out with me and party with me, uh, uh, Robin and Steph, and move into the guest house, so you can just kind of like hang out with me whenever." Um, but he didn't, and so that was kind of like a could have been, you know. Um, I went uh-huh. to visit the iZombie Zombie set. They could have said. Robin, we Could obviously we, be, see. We need this background characters. Yeah. We need background actors. You yeah. are obviously uh, perfect for like Tanner's best fan. friend, and mm-hmm. um, we're just going to need you to stand in the corner and polish glasses. <laughs> 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 but nope, that didn't happen. Yeah. So anyway, now I'm depressed. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So she's looking for her boyfriend, Sully. And uh, Meryl, I know. I was like, "Who? I don't care." <laughs> so what? Sully, you know, <laughs> Sully. Um, and and Meryl's always defending um, Sully. You know, Veronica is like, "Men, men suck." He's probably off cheating, and she's like, "No, he probably invented a laser cannon, and he's running from sinister oh, forces yeah. at this point." <laughs> Which, by the way, is a reference to real genius. I don't know if you know that. Uh, okay. And Veronica literally has to explain Occam's razor to her, which I thought was funny. And then we have Glenn, the roommate, come in and say that uh, Sully went surfing. And it just assumes that they, they broke up. Because they had a fight. And then mm-hmm. Veronica t- turns, to her like, turns to her like, you left this part out. This was very important. You you know, of course he's ran off because you had a fight because she's projecting onto her, mm-hmm. her how she feels onto her, did you, onto Meryl. Did you recognize Glenn? No. <laughs> uh, Glenn is played by an actor named Charlie Weber, uh, someone who might have played um, a, a beautiful goddess. Well, wait a second. No, he was a doctor. No, wait. He was Glory. No, wait. He was Ben. I mean, Glory, right? Oh, what? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, right. I didn't even realize it until I looked at the cast listings. But, yes, uh, he played. And he was terrible. He played Ben on, on Buffy. <laughs> he was a terrible actor. I don't know. Charlie Weber versus uh, Mark Lucas. What do you think? But in that scene, he was just, like, so off rhythm. <laughs> he was like. 
who is this person? If you have no idea what we're talking about and you haven't watched Buffy, just put that out of your mind. Uh, I just spoiled something. So, but uh, I, I guess he now stars on How to Get Away with Murder. I had no idea about that either. But I hmm. looked at his cast list. He, he's in like you know whatever number of episodes they're in. But um, all right. So we find out about Scarlet, who's leaving messages for uh, Sully to meet her, and uh, Veronica. And her uh, kind of ambush her in the food court, but Meryl is super nice, and uh, Veronica doesn't trust her. That she's obviously you know, look at look how she's dressed. You know she's she's either stolen your boyfriend or she she plans to. So. Yeah, that's what I always wonder. You know, when Veronica's making these assumptions about cases, you know, I always thought, well, what's going to happen one of these days when she makes these. When she just like jumps to conclusions mm-hmm. and makes these false allegations. It's funny. I've been looking at a lot of the reviews as I'm going along in season three, just seeing what people thought of it at the time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people talked about like how mean Veronica acts in certain episodes. Yeah. I remember people saying, you know, she acts just so, uh, you know, what do you call it? Like smarter high, than everybody in the room, you know? Yeah. Where high, it's like. High, um, Smarmy and mm-hmm. sarcastic, and uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, s- s- mor- morally superior. Mm-hmm. And at times, I mean, I really love it, especially when she's like, when she's right, when she's right, and she's getting one on over, like, you know, like an 09 or, sh- or Sheriff Lamb, Sheriff Lamb, Sheriff Lamb. So, anyway, um. Uh, Meryl ends up staying in the room with Piz, and Piz has to sleep on the floor. And if you play your cards right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. This guy is no game at all. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, they end up getting some. Uh, Meryl gets a message from a phone that's Sully, and he's saying he's drunk and he misses her. So they track that number, and of course, it is to the den of evil in Neptune, the uh, river sticks. Okay, which is not where it was before. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought I mean, the exterior but, looked the same. But, you know, before, it was almost like it was in a neighborhood. It mm. was like it was in somebody's backyard, is what it seemed like, when she had to go past the the mean dog. Mm-hmm. And this is well, in the I, middle of a highway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost wondering if that that entrance from uh, uh, what's his face, his house, um, Danny, Danny Boyd's house. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm almost thinking that Danny was living behind the River Sticks, and we walked into past the dog into the back door of the River Sticks, and this time uh-huh. we're running, walking through the front door. Uh huh. Okay. I mean, when we first saw it, it seemed like it was in a garage. <laughs> right. <laughs> but now it's an actual business. Um. Yeah, I love how she's like. We can't go in there. We can, let's just call the police. And you, you said the police, this, the sheriff was a moron. He's well, he's a well-armed moron. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, again, just the scariness of Liam just grabbing Veronica from behind, lifting her in the air, and just like squeezing her and dancing around with her. And she's like, "I can't breathe." Um, which is when Vinny interrupts and pretends to drunkenly take a photo and send it to Keith. That was great. Yeah. Vinny is now see Vinny is such a fascinating character because he helps he helps Keith and Veronica mm-hmm. at times when he needs 
too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he is sometimes he's a friend, sometimes he's a foe. When he's working for yeah. the Fitzpatrick's, it's like he's like with what happened with Keith in the desert, like he really put Keith in danger. Yeah. Um so but anyway, we, but they but okay. they can't trust him. You know, he helped out with uh Logan not Logan, Duncan. He helped out with Duncan, but yeah. he was being paid. Like, and then you know we see later on. Yeah, I mean we can situations. we can kind of take a detour here and talk about um, you know when he goes to uh, talk to Keith um, and asks where Kendall is, I think, and where the money is. Yeah. Uh huh. And kind of like blackmails him. Mm-hmm. And. Rob Thomas actually says that um, uh, uh, Mar- uh, Marino, Ken Marino actually turns uh, his cartoonish character into something real and menacing in that scene. He really he liked he liked his performance in that scene. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm Mr. Funny Guy, but uh, you're going to listen to me, <laughs> you know, and, mm-hmm. or I'm going to really do some harm to you. But um, and which is why Keith finally, well, actually. We'll get to that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just get done with this uh, this case. Uh, basically, the Fitzpatrick's revealed that they used Sully for his money, and then they kind of knocked him out. And uh, so, Merrill and Veronica find Sully in the sheriff's jail with a big knot on his head. He can't remember where he was, and Veronica realizes she was jumping to conclusions. And mm-hmm. uh, oh, go ahead. and uh, he, this guy, Sully. Mm-hmm. He was a. Uh, His name is uh, Michael Grant can't Terry. Think, can't think of words. He was an intern on Bones. Yeah, that's the only. I, I saw he was in a lot of episodes of Bones, so. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, they hug, and Lamb says, <laughs> "No touching." <laughs> no touching. Yeah, these episodes have a lot of references. <laughs> yep. And for those who don't know, that's a reference to Arrested Development. Uh, okay, so that's it for that case. We have Landry here, like a little detour we have to just mention that um, Landry gives out his term paper for the criminology plan, the perfect murder. And uh, then he tells Veronica after class he wants to give her a summer internship at the FBI and, instead of writing that paper. And uh, she has to write like a, another paper for that. And then later at the food court, she tells him that she's turning it down and that she feels because kind of bought off. Yeah. Yeah. And he promises it's not like a quid pro quo thing. It's he, she needs to think this over. Um meanwhile, we have okay, we have Logan. Okay, so Veronica and Logan are fighting cuz he won't be honest about Mercer's alibi and he says it's better for everyone if to stay secret. And uh then she then he's like where are you staying? And she's like it's better for everyone if this this secret stays one. And so Veronica visits Mercer in jail. And um, he keeps saying, oh, he's a good guy. He's a great guy. And he's like, well, the, you know, my the, the alibi for the cologne is, oh, everybody's got that cologne in GQ. And everybody owns Clippers. And that it wasn't his GHB. And that uh, he's kind of being, I don't know, set up by the dean because the dean owes money for gambling or something. I just didn't understand why Logan was covering for Mercer so hard. Like, mm-hmm. what? Like they never did. They didn't establish a, a reason why Logan was so desperate to be Mercer's alibi. 
Well, I mean, and why he didn't want to tell Veronica about it. Well, they, I mean, later on he says um, that they were in Tijuana. They were doing flaming shots. Mm-hmm. They set the room on fire, and uh-huh. Logan had was alone in his room. Mercer had girls in his room, and the motel burned down. And they they both just bolted, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of like really like a motel. Like you didn't call anybody. Like, and it's and it's funny because. Veronica's mad about this for like an episode and then she's okay with him again and like nothing happens. Like there's no repercussions for – and who knows if people died in that motel fire. Mm-hmm. I think the writers were like, we won't speak of this ever again because <laughs> we don't want to uh, besmirch uh, Logan. <laughs> I mean because that – you know, That makes Logan look just as bad as if Bursar had left – Females there to to die. Yeah, and who knows who else was there? They should have had some sort of line saying like he, him saying, "Oh, I checked the paper the next morning, and there was no, did nobody died. It just was a a big fire, and you know there was a lot of damage, a property damage." Yeah, it was just, I should, just yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, but you know. Veronica gets this alibi for Mercer because uh, Mercer's radio show is – it was on at the time that um, the rape was happening. So – and mm-hmm. it was a call-in request show. So mm-hmm. you had to be there answering calls. So – okay. So skipping ahead, mm-hmm. how does this – does Mo he, – he drugs the girls and they're just there waiting for – Mercer to get out off the, the at the radio station Skipping to go two episodes ahead, huh? You're just going to do that. I mean, I right d- doesn't do under make any sense. <laughs> I, ha- I it, don't understand. It's weird. It all makes sense when we talk about that episode. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I, it, but uh, okay, we just got to kind of talk. Okay, so the, one of the last things here is uh, Keith and Veronica playing a game of Where Have You Been and. Um, and she's she's staying at Wallace's because so he can just have his married girlfriend over and she doesn't have to see him, you know, mm-hmm. act that way. Yeah, she's she's so disappointed in him. Yeah. She just doesn't want to see him. Harmony's pressuring in, him into running away to Palm Springs with her. And mm-hmm. she's like, I'm going to break up with my husband. But, you know, we should do this together. And um, and then, yeah, that's when um, Vinny. Gives him the photos of them together. And, man, if I was Keith, I probably would have laid him out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but that's just the nature. Like, you can't can't blame a snake for biting you. Yeah. <laughs> that's just what yeah. snakes do. Keith's probably that's taken a lot of up. really uh, bad photos before in his past, so... Uh huh, and that's what Vinny. That's we've already established. He does that. He works for somebody, and then he will get the other side to double their their money. He will extort the other side for more money, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the kind of guy that does that. That kind that 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 kind of scam. So, uh, yeah, Veronica is really upset with Keith and he mentions, he's like, you're not that jaded, Veronica. And she says, I didn't used to be. I had this one shining example to give me faith, Mm. which is just like the final nail in the coffin of the Keith and Harmony relationship. And, uh, yeah, much like, uh, in the first season with the, uh, high school counselor, (laughs) Keith has to break the bad news to Harmony. (laughs) 
Um, and uh, so, so we have this one last part of the episode where the it kind of picks up. Um, let me just okay. So Logan, I think during the breakup or whatever, calls looking for Veronica. Um, meanwhile, Veronica, gosh, I mean, of all the people to watch that, that would probably should be hyper alert to watch their drink. It would have to be Veronica. Oh. Worse. Like, come on. But oh, she, she like leaves her drink in the food court and walks all the way across the room. I mean, I know she was probably distracted by the hair in her, but th- this hair that doesn't belong to an angel or this hair yeah, yeah. an angel. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah. You would think that once your drink has been, you've been drugged, uh, that you would never take your eyes off of, mm-hmm. and you would never accept a drink from any other person in the world. Yeah. So yeah, we get some pretty cool uh, effects here where she's drugged and like the world she's is spinning. Trying, she's trying her best to stay awake. She's like fighting it so hard. Mm-hmm. Rob Thomas was wait wait a minute I'm I'm confusing this with the other episode. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Again, two weird things about this episode. You know, in this part of the episode, at least, is she mm-hmm. leaves a drink at the table. Like, okay, just does not seem like a good idea. Uh, something she would do, and then she's she's definitely drugged. She knows what it feels like to be drugged, but yet it's mm-hmm. a, it's as if she's kind of just trying to carry on. Mm-hmm. As like if nothing's happening She's not accepting it Yeah yeah, uh, yeah. She's going to get behind the wheel of a car Don't do that Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Call for help Don't leave a Public area Which it was really late And there was just nobody around <laughs> But still She, she <laughs> possibly could have found some human being to help her uh, but yeah, Rob Thomas talked about how we really liked this whole scene because of the how interesting like they did the visuals in the episode of just like her tilting out of control kind of. And um, I will also say that there were um, commercials for this uh, episode, and they totally mm-hmm. spoiled this final sequence. <laughs> like that was the that was what was going to draw people in was what happens to Veronica, you know. Um. So uh, Logan's searching around And then we see poor Veronica Just stumbling across the campus I know this feeling, not again And then she walks by a guy in a hoodie And she realizes who it is And she passes out next to the Saturn And her last Little thing to do is to set That alarm off Which uh, scares the guy away Especially when Logan runs down And finds the back of her head Shaved Mm. And uh so kind of a uh, a thing to note here, um, when she gets her head shaved, um, her the part of her hair that is shaved, it is like just shaved right down to her skull and leaves blood yeah. spots. Yeah. And so um, – but all the other girls that were shaved, like there seemed to be like a clipper guard, uh, you know, a guard to – you know, they're not shaven mm-hmm. bald. There are no uh-huh. bloody marks. They are shaved, you know, pretty evenly across their hair. Like leaves kind of like a, you know, a small bit of hair on their head. So that means that they use a, a clipper guard. So, right. so it, this is kind of a clue right here that this is actually a different person that, that uh, attacks her. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> um, so... Because we know that Mercer's in jail, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. 
All right, so yeah, Keith nurses her back to health, and Logan like looks on. I like that little shot of her. Uh, we're looking up in Veronica's eyes, and Keith looking down, and Logan looking down, so worried. Um, and then she says something about like Stan Marsh saying, "I think we learned a a valuable lesson about faith. You give it to the people you love, but the people who really deserve it are the ones who come through even when you don't love them enough." Which I uh-huh. think she said is like a, a quote by Stan Marsh or something. The only Stan Marsh I know is uh, uh, from South Park, so I have no idea what she was talking about or what she was referencing. Uh, I, well, you know, their favorite movie is the South Park movie. Oh, really? I thought it was the Big so, Lebowski. <laughs> oh, yes, they, her and Keith love the the South Park movie, so oh, yeah. I bet it, I bet it was out of South Park. Uh, interesting. Such a moment of reference South Park, you know? <laughs> well, you know, it was t- 2006. <laughs> oh, South Park's still on. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's it for that episode. Got anything else for that episode or, at all? Or I don't think so. Okay, let's move on to Lord of the Pies uh, by a friend of the show, Diane Ruggiero. Um Summary is Keith and Veronica are hired to find the missing granddaughter of the founder of Hearst College. Meanwhile, Logan fears for Veronica's safety as she continues to investigate the campus rapes. Okay. All right. Patty Hearst. Patty Hearst. Um, shall I put in some history here? Because I took some notes. I mean, it's very interesting that they got Patty Hearst for this episode and the show, the, uh, the, the college in the show is Hearst College. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's pretty neat. Go ahead. Tell me all about it. You know, and I'm sure you know a lot of this stuff, but, you know, I'm just thinking of the listeners as well. So the uh, woman that plays Selma Hurst Rose is played by a woman named Patty Hurst. Um, she is the heir to the Hurst Publishing Fortune. On February 4th, 1974, uh, she was kidnapped by the Symbionese Liberation Army, the SLA. Mm-hmm. And held captive in a camp, cramped studio apartment in San Francisco where she was beaten and raped. She was kept in a closet and given SLA literature to study. And two months later, she helps out with this armed robbery of this bank called the Hi- Hi- Hibernia Net Bank. Um, so it's like, uh, what do they call it? Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. You don't know. People didn't, I guess people didn't know if it was for real or if she was in on it from the beginning. Yeah, people. Or. Yeah. Or what? Two months, or, sorry. So she was spotted uh, a month later firing a gun to stop one of the SLA members from being held by a store manager when he was caught shoplifting. So she kind of like fires the gun around the store manager and up into the, uh, up into the air to kind of scare him. And so they could all run away. In the escape, they hijack two cars and abduct the drivers. Like, you know, they, they hijack one car and then they hijack another car after they drop that car off. Uh, one of the drivers even testified how nice Patty was to them. Um, later, she was implicated in helping the SLA plant explosives to uh, kill two police officers, which ended up not even working. And then she helped rob another bank. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. bank robbery, kidnapping, uh, kidnap assassination attempt, uh-huh. like like all of these uh, crimes, and yeah, you know, this is all in one year. Like she went from just like you know, 
uh, heiress and probably just living her life, college student, I'm, I'm assuming, to like, you know, crazy. A life of crime. A life of crime, yeah. It sounds like she didn't actually kill anybody, um, but she was uh, near a lot of violence and, and you know, threatening. So uh, the following year, she was found and arrested. She weighed only 87 pounds, uh, was a heavy smoker, and barely even remembered her previous life. In 1976, she was sent to jail for seven years for her role in the robbery and the use of a firearm. She was released from jail in 1979 after President Carter committed her sentence due to people believing she was brainwashed and didn't deserve to spend time in jail. So there must have been like a uproar. And uh, I, of all the people, John Wayne spoke out on her behalf after uh, Jonestown, saying that it was odd that people had accepted the fact that Jim Jones had brainwashed 900 human beings into mass suicide, but not, would not accept that a group like the SLA could have brainwashed a kidnapped teenage girl. And so... Um, and then also, like, back then, there was a lot of, oh, well, she's she's comes from a high class, so she can't be a criminal. Right, right. Yeah, that uh, could have been some she's of that. Not a, she's not a poor kid mm-hmm. from from the inner city so she can't be a criminal Mm -hmm. uh in 2001 she was officially pardoned by president clinton and that was like his last the last thing he did in office was to pardon patty hearst like officially Hmm. so since then uh she's uh written books um she's actually been in a couple of john waters films um she was in an episode of boston common and some of the beach (laughs) Um, Rob Thomas, <laughs> Rob, Rob <laughs> Thomas came up with the idea for her storyline before season three, uh, saying, you know, just kind of speaking in an interview, if we can get Patty Hearst to play a board of trustees member, what if she got kidnapped? That would be a pretty great story to tell. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, like I said, it's amazing that they got her <laughs> and it's funny and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like even we, me and you, we're like, I'm old and I'm str- I struggle to understand it and it, I'm not familiar with it. This is for like old people. <laughs> <laughs> Kids, young people that watch the CW don't know this, this nope. woman. <laughs> I'm sure none of them did. Uh, you know, they're watching, you know. Nobody probably recognized her, you know, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. so uh, due to a miscommunication between Rob Thomas, Patty Hearst and her agent, uh, Hearst was booked before she even knew about it. (laughs) She says, I was on the computer one day and read that I was going to be on Veronica Mars. Rob Thomas was giving an interview and happily saying, oh, yes, and we're very excited. After hearing this news, Hearst contacted her agent and jokingly asked her when the agent was planning on telling her that she'd be appearing on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She said that she never previously accepted roles where she was asked to play herself, saying that it was a pathetic attempt to get attention when other celebrities played themselves or characters similar to themselves. Mm. Hearst discovered that the character's background was not exceedingly similar to her own life. Hearst was amused by the fact that her character was the heiress to the Hearst Mart fortune, comparing it to Walmart. Uh, and she says, when I read that in the script, I burst out laughing. It was a spit take kind of thing. I almost fell over. Yeah. I mean, it's different enough for it to not be for her not to be playing herself, <laughs> but it's familiar enough to where it's funny. And also it's, uh, it's a Simpsons reference as well. We have Patty playing Selma. <laughs> oh my God. 
two very See, heavy these, smokers. <laughs> these references are so old that, <laughs> that it's just hard. They're not. Uh, they're not timely to this. They're not like timeless references. It's so. You know, even like the Arrested Development. You know, Arrested Development season whatever five is now on Netflix. Yeah, I'm not watching that. Nobody's. We're. Uh, what, uh, I was burned by Arrested the first, the fourth season. You had your moment. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. You, it will never be the same. I've I've accepted mm-hmm. that and I moved on. And I will mm-hmm. happily go back and watch the first and second and maybe the third season. But that's it. Yeah, and that's what was so scary when. We got the Veronica Mars movie. Yeah. Everybody was, because, you know, remakes and reboots and people are just leery. They're excited to see, you know, things that they're, they're fans of again, but they're like, is it going to, is it going to, are they going to get it right? Well, this is a conversation safe for a couple more weeks from now. <laughs> right. <laughs> and again, when we come back to talk about the revival after uh, iZombie. Um, all right. So. Let's let's get started here. <laughs> uh, okay, because I don't understand this at all. So this is as much as uh, it's interesting that they got Patty Hearst. The I was really not interested in this case, Mm-mm. but so let's go through it. Um, so Veronica gets a job back at the Hearst Free Pet Press again now that Niche is gone, and mm-hmm. they tell her get a picture of Selma Hearst Rose. And uh, she apparently dumped her entire trust fund over a ghetto, uh, and caused. But but in doing so, she caused a riot. So mm-hmm. like her, she's not a you know liked person for doing that. But uh, she does have the swing vote here, and uh, and she could her vote could spell the end of uh, you know the Greek fraternities and the sororities. And mm-hmm. so um, we go to the party. Veronica's taking a picture of her and the dean. and But later the dean introduces her and she's missing. Mm-hmm. And dean calls the police and police and Lamb's just like, I, I'm not doing job. I'm still doing robot uh, or whatever he did. He just, <laughs> he just does not take yeah, it seriously at all. Yeah. He thinks that she's just, you know, flaked out. Mm-hmm. She's. So I love it. It's after this party, we had this quick moment where Veronica's just walking across a dark, smoky campus, and I'm just like, "What are you doing? <laughs> Will you get in a car or something, or have somebody go with you?" Well, and also, the college should have security guards and those th- those panic buttons, mm. and and like the college should be freaking doing something about a serial rapist. Like shit, what are you doing, people? <laughs> I mean, isn't there like like Title Nine? Like, isn't there like a law saying that colleges have to like protect students from getting freaking raped? I would think so. Um. So, yeah, the we get some more information. Selma was talking to a waitress. Uh, it turns out Fern was the waitress. Uh, the you know the tough hippie check. Yeah, with the nose ring. Nose ring. Yeah. Uh, Fern had a phone call for her. Uh, then Keith uh, goes to investigate uh, the house and he meets Brant, Selma's husband's assistant, who is very protective. And then we meet Bud. And you recognize Bud, of course, right? No. He's played by Charles Shaughnessy. Oh, he's from Days, Days of Our Lives? Uh, I, 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 I know him from The Nanny. He played Maxwell Sheffield. Oh, yeah. But uh, here's a little bit of trivia. His name is Bud Rose. 
Selma's husband is named Bud Rose, a reversal of the key phrase Rose. from Citizen Rose. Kane, which was based okay. on William Randolph Hearst's life. Oh. <laughs> See, it's like the trivia around this case. It makes me happy. The case itself, eh. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, he's in a wheelchair. Uh, we have the brother, Roger, who's all ready to sell, 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 yada, yada. You make a, make a lot of money. She doesn't. She can't show her face. They're, 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 and we've also got the dog walker. And um, did, you, did you say her brother or some, something? Yeah, like the brother, Roger, is going to be taking care of the company in her absence. Um, Veronica discovers the dog walker is a college student. And she soon tracks the uh, college student down, and it is Hallie. And uh, I got to say, um, when she's laying there on the grass, I will just quickly say, damn, Cat Grant. Um, wow. <laughs> That's a good Christopher Walken wow. Um, <laughs> and then I'll just move on. Um, <clears throat> but she says that... Uh, you know, Veronica's accusing her of like doing anything for a sorority, somehow disappearing her the woman that she's walking dogs for. Yeah. She says, Veronica Mars, you don't know the first thing about me. <laughs> she says, Well, I know like eight or nine things. But you're <laughs> right. I don't know the first what the first one would be. <laughs> then she yeah, I, there was a couple of scenes with those two and Veronica was really <laughs> Just like winning hard over her in every conversation. (laughs) And, you know, it's kind of delightful because Hallie is not somebody you're like really feeling for. Um, She points the finger at Brant, who she says is kind of a like swim fan for Bud. Uh, (laughs) Obsessed. Uh, Hey, that's a that's a swim fan reference, by the way. Uh So, um (laughs) That one time I saw he was taking a nap and Brant was brushing his hair. Uh-huh. There's something about like, throwing a teacup after finding out that he's going to be married to her for 10 years or something. And then after 10 years, Bud is then entitled to half of Selma's loot. And he's, and, uh, you know, they wonder if, um, Keith and Veronica wonder if Bud is keeping Selma locked up with their dogs. And we have this great Keith and Veronica team up. That's another thing that's great about this case. Oh yeah, so funny, so playful. The shit <laughs> when she's jumping over the fence, uh, she's uh. doing the hey, it's a uh, six million dollar man bionic woman reference. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> well, okay, well before that, when they're at the office hmm. and they're like, well, sh- and I and she sang like a. Like what was all that? That was like some sort of film noir uh, impersonations. It sounded like yeah. he was doing like bokey or it was like, I'm like full of information yeah. where my food used to be I, or something. I yeah, I have no idea what he's impersonating, but it was funny. Yeah. It seemed uh-huh. familiar. It seemed like something I feel like I should know, but I I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it turns out that um Selma is not looking for rescue. She is with Hallie and she's being blackmailed to make her wait until after the 10th anniversary before she can get this divorce. So Keith can get half, or not Keith, Bud can get, you know, half, you know, millions of dollars after this big deal that's being secured. Blah, 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 blah. Turned out that Hallie was but like seducing she- her. Okay, okay. She went along with it because Hallie seduced her and he had pictures. He had pictures, yep. Oh, how how shameful. Well, speaking of the shame of two women 
Kissing. Um, yes. This episode was initially written to feature a kiss between uh, Patty Hearst and Carrie Lynn Pratt uh-huh. uh, when the two are discovered to be having an affair. However, the CW stepped in and decided to cut the scene before it was filmed with no explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patty Hearst says, I meet Carrie and I'm like, hello. And we didn't know we were on the set. We didn't know until we were on the set. We couldn't actually kiss. Okay. So she met Carrie and she was like, hello. I, I suppose I read that <laughs> wrong. So they, she, they were all set to kiss. And then the CW without even exp- explaining apparently, or explaining at least to the actors who, who did talk about it cut the scene. Um, and controversy actually rose from like the fans um, when they found out about this because on both the UPN and the WB, they've had same-sex kissing before. And some theorized that maybe it was because of the difference in the characters' ages that uh-huh. they were kind of not happy with. But yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking it was a combination of the both. Mm-hmm. Lord, if those, if those CW executives could watch Riverdale today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they would clutch their pearls. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Liam busts uh, Hallie, um, and then Liam searches Selma's house, and he has a love letter he found that was on Hallie, and he busts uh, Bud Rose. Ooh, I'm just yawning, just thinking about Who it. Who cares? <laughs> then Selma decides to end fraternities and sororities and says, screw them, they're out of here. And mm-hmm. uh, we are to assume that uh, she is going to be a character that maybe recurs, you know, because she's mm-hmm. part of the college. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, that was it for her. <laughs> See yes. you the episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on to our favorite cop topic: uh, the campus rapes. Um, <laughs> okay, this is a Rob Thomas episode, correct? No, this is still we're still talking about. Lord oh, of the Pies. Lord of the Pies. Sorry. Okay. I just took so long telling <sighs> you, doing a huge expose on Patty Hearst that... Uh... I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have Chip in his underwear, his head shaved. Frisbee, oh, frisbee bros uh, take a picture, turn it into the press. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, Logan tells Veronica, stay away from the rape case. And he finds out we, – well, we find out through their discussion that Keith doesn't know anything about her head being shaved. She's been – she's hiding it with her hair. Mm-hmm. And he tells her, why can't you leave things alone? You're not invincible. You're not always right. And he's bellowing at her and then Keith comes out huffing and puffing, you know. You might want to stop. Hey, don't yell at my daughter. Yeah, you might want to stop yelling at my daughter. And Logan says, well, you might want to start. <laughs> yeah, I mean I see that – Logan is concerned about Veronica. He doesn't want to see her get raped. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to see her get hurt. Yep. <laughs> but so, you're yelling and screaming at her in her own home. Uh-huh. Yeah, just not the not the best decision. But yeah. I am, you know, earlier in this episode we see Veronica just walking through the smoky campus by herself. <laughs> just, what are you doing? Um you know, and obviously a girl should be able to walk through a dark, smoky campus without worrying about being raped. But <laughs> unfortunately, nobody well, seems to be going after these campus rapists, but Veronica right. Mars. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So uh, Fern tells Veronica, hey, the, the Pi Sig started Sex Quest 06, which is kind of a reference to uh, what happened in Rapes of Graph. 
where they uh-huh. have that whole poster board. Uh, yeah, that whole point system point, thing. Yeah. Um, Veronica checks in with Dick, who's happy to earn sex uh, extra points for his sex quest with her. <laughs> uh, but also Bonnie. Um, we meet Bonnie. Um, and then we find out yeah. about... Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I was just wondering who she was. She seemed very familiar. Yeah, I thought so, too. I didn't find anything. I, I didn't even write her name down. Um, feel free to look her up while I'm babbling away. But, um, yeah, they find an Easter egg inside uh, Chip's uh, bum. <laughs> uh, and okay. Ver- and okay. Veronica even tells Fern you really wrecked him. <laughs> but I'm bum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's something about a Roman numeral in the egg, um, and then she has. They have Morty the bum <laughs> look through. Speaking of bums, uh, look through the garbage to get it, and we see Bonnie strutting out. And this is when Veronica does really weird, like you know, she says that they went through the house to the pinball machine, and then Veronica looks at Dick, and she's like, she always gets a replay. She never t- tilts at all. Uh, and then starts doing this, like, I don't know, like an end zone victory dance. Yeah. <laughs> Which was funny, but it was, I was kind of like, what is going on? Um, and then Morty finds the egg, and I personally make a note to myself, thank God he's wearing gloves. <laughs> Yeah, she says the incredible inedible egg. Yeah. So uh, the numbers are uh, 111 and 903. And uh, Wallace thinks it may be a student ID, but it turns out to be a date, 11-19-03. It's two days until the anniversary of that date. <sighs> Go ahead. This is like some Smallville stuff. This is like some... Some uh, Clark Kent is like oh, he magically figures stuff out, yeah. <laughs> and goes from A to B to C, uh-huh. and makes these huge leaps. In you know, how did they? I mean, the, oh, the egg had two Roman date. numerals: one eleven and nine oh three. I don't know why it wasn't just written eleven nineteen oh three. Was the paper ripped in half? Is and that also, how Roman why? numerals work. And why? To what was the point well, of doing this? To remind Chip? Yeah. To like apparently trauma to terrorize Chip? To make Chip a laughing stock. Chip, the I guess leader of the Pisegs, a laughing stock and embarrassed as just as uh, Patrice Petrelli was, who we find out about. Um. So you know, she asked Hallie about it. Who again? Meow. Um, and <laughs> she got. She says she got drunk and fell off a roof. No, no one did anything to her. And by the way, we're we're doing car washes to pay for Karen's chemo now. Ouch. Uh, they all start calling Chip Peter Cottontail. There's a big brawl. Wallace jumps in, and then Veronica jumps in because Wallace is getting jumped on. But then this big guy grabs her, and it turns out. That this person that we've seen stalking her is actually a bodyguard hired by Logan. So she... I mean, you know, that's sweet <laughs> and, and thoughtful uh-huh. on one hand, but totally crosses a line of I think it's all insensitive it. and 
I like that you. Uh, I like that you um, refer- reference Smallville because now I'm thinking this is a Lex Luthor thing. Like <laughs> this is something uh, Lex would totally do. Lana, yeah. if you're not going to protect yourself, I'm going to make sure you're protected. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, because it's like who. I want to I have the money to do this. Yeah. Exactly. I have the resources to make this happen. So Veronica tells Logan that he had no right and he says it's true and he doesn't care. He just wants her to be safe. And yeah. she says, You know who I am, it's not gonna change and Logan says she knows who he is and wants him to change and that he loves her. And so he Logan said he loved her for the very first time. Uh huh. catches her off guard. Mm-hmm. And then she says she does too, and they hug it out. Okay, so if they love each other, why are they having problems? If they love each other, why is she refusing to answer his phone calls? Uh, if she loves him, why is she hiding in Wallace's dorm room? Well, I mean, she was definitely disgusted by the whole motel fire thing, but she's over it now, don't worry. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> actually, maybe that's why she ignored the phone call. Maybe she can't get over that. We'd never actually hear any more about this hotel fire. So, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm thinking that she says it back, but probably doesn't mean it. I, that's what I'm thinking. You know, she might have been carried away with emotion at that point, but yeah, she does mm-hmm. ignore her call a call from Logan later in the episode. So, but I don't know that scene. It's like I've been there. You know, I'm about to, I'm in the middle of something. I'm about to sit down to eat or something like that. And yes, I will call her back in just a few minutes. I just got to get into this burger right now. You know, know, I don't know. Uh, I'm just saying this is not something that uh, Logan should totally rake her across the coals for. But anyway, we'll get to that. We we do have to just quickly say uh, Veronica goes to Claire, who ha- we find out pledged with Patrice, the girl that jumped off the roof, and uh, she goes into Claire's room and Nish and Fern are there, and uh, we find out Patrice walked off a roof. Pi Sigs have a secret room. Claire saw it, and um, this room. Um, Apparently Patrice was put in in the dark or something or in, in naked or something. And they just walked around her and circled imperfections on her body with like red markers. And they called okay. her Marshmallow, which yes. is really weird that they would use yeah. that word. Yeah. Okay. It's reference. They're referencing themselves. Like the show is referencing itself. It's, it's imperfect. It's, uh, it's covered in spots. It's, uh, I don't know. It's so weird that they would. Well, but also, I mean, from what I understand about guys, you're not that peaky. <laughs> I don't, you know what I'm saying? Oh, man, I'm, I'm definitely. Me and it, guys in general, <laughs> there are some guys who, who I guess are, are who, but. Guys don't focus on small details like that. I don't know. If you get a pack of dogs together 
and you and and they want to feel superior to women because maybe the woman won't sleep with them. I'm certain okay. that they'll just be like they'd love to just do something uh, as evil as that, you know. Because because in all of my wisdom that I've gained over my years ah, of being a female, one. females <laughs> we focus. Okay, females we focus on these tiny little imperfections, and we we take we make ourselves we feel bad and inferior your own personal imperfections little, right not somebody not, yes. not the guy's imperfect okay no but and from what i've been told is that guys don't they don't see that they kind of look at the total p- package yeah or you know boobs yeah well yeah you can be a boob guy, Hashtag or, real guy talk. Or, or or whatever <laughs> but but yeah, but they don't see the. Uh, Did the I say boobs? I meant eyes. I, eyes. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, <laughs> that just seems like a, a female thing. That, or or you're right. Maybe it's that they know that that's what the buttons to press to to make the females feel bad about themselves yeah. when they can't manipulate them and get them to sleep with them. Right. You're. You're you're beneath me, so uh, I mean, you know, there's such things as, as like what are those like dog parties or something like that? Where? Well, I did see recently. Did I post that in the group about the high schoolers that the guys were uh, ripping the girls apart by uh, focusing on their flaws or something? Hmm. It, this was at a high school, so I mean, I guess so. But girls, ladies. Don't focus on the, the little flaws. It doesn't matter. Right. They're not as important as you think they are. <laughs> anyway, I, again, I'm just going to say um, there's something deeper that needs to be analyzed about why they decided to, I don't know, to to uh, name use the use the word marshmallow to describe as a word for these guys to use to pick on this girl, you know, um, maybe they think that, you know, we, we as fans are, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, marshmallow, well, marshmallow in the beginning, was that the pilot or yeah. very early on? I, yeah, I believe so. It was on the beach, on the beach, the pilot. Yeah. On the beach, the pilot, when Wallace says, Oh, Veronica, you're just, you're just a softie. You're a, softie, a marshmallow. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's a positive it's used positively and then here they're using marshmallow as calling a girl chubby yeah. i guess yeah negatively so yeah why use that word why that word it, except for us to say oh marshmallow i remember that from season <laughs> one uh, you know oh, maybe God. like you know we are all you know i don't know i'm trying to like put like something it together in my head, but I would love to hear from any listeners what they what they think of that because uh, th- there's something here uh, that they're they're trying to say that I wish I could put into words. But it's like we're I just think it's they're ending the series and they're going back and watching the pilot and they were like, oh yeah, remember marshmallow? <laughs> remember when that was a buzzword? I refuse to think it's as the- simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I, I gotta say I definitely it, it it was it was weird it was like I you know it could have been 
I definitely felt for this girl hearing about this and how awful that is. And then just that, just to hear her that she's called Marshmallow, which is something that a Veronica Mars fan would call themselves. Mm-hmm. It definitely brought me closer to um, feeling for her as well. I don't know. I don't know. I'm definitely a marshmallow, and you can take that however you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so so poor poor Patrice, which by the way, that's a name that gets reused in iZombie. Uh, Patrice uh, gets uh, uh, put in a mental health facility, and uh, Veronica says that's powerful motivation to take desperate action. And then she says, "How many rapes were real?" There's been no forensic evidence about these rapes, and and she says nothing hurts the cause more than a than a fake rape. Yeah, yeah. You hate, you know. You're watching the, you know, and you just, or even like the, uh, what's his name, Jesse Smollett. Mm, yes. You're like, oh, like that. Uh, it's it, it, it's disrespectful, and also, it, you know, it turns public sentiment away when you want yeah. when you want people the public to feel you know to to get upset yeah. at believe victims like that. believe victims believe victims well that one victim right. wasn't a victim they were a total liar so we'll, yeah you know, so there are no victims. there are no so victims. They're, they're, all, they're obviously i'm gonna think yeah. they're liars first yeah Ugh. anyway let's wrap this episode yeah. up because uh we really we have two more episodes to talk about we've already yeah. talked an hour uh, I do want to remind everybody to check out the app from our friends at TV Time. If you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming, download the TV Time app today. Go to tvtime.com for more details. And also, we're a member of the TV Talk Network. So make sure to check out TV Talk for more podcasting fun. That's tvtalk.fm. So we shall get into Spit and Eggs, written and directed by Rob Thomas. So- yes. And you can tell right off the bat that this is a very special episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, this is a big one. Uh, I was even hinting it uh, when we were talking about what, what's coming up next week. Uh, yeah, the Pie Sigs throw a huge party where Veronica discovers the identity of the campus rapist. Meanwhile, the dean finds out about his wife and Professor Landry. So, I before we get into the crazy, we should let's just go through what happens with the dean here first. So okay, so Weevil hooks a TV up for him. Um, mm-hmm. They're talking about boxing. Mm-hmm. Mindy uh, gives the dean the van so she can go on this quote unquote work trip. Um, and uh, this Pisig alum comes in, uh, Mel, played by, um, oh my gosh, I forget his name. Was it David Zayas that played this alumni member? Hmm? I think it was. Now I am not sure. Jeremy Roberts, Mel Stoltz. Jer- Jeremy Roberts. Oh, am I getting my TV shows confused? Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, so he's mad that the frats are shut down. Oh, he's from Birmingham. Oh, well, there you go. I knew there was something important about him. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't because I, just, just, I was like, what is the point of this? But, you know, he's is he just like a. He's definitely intimidating. He's he's probably he seems that he's like he he looks like a criminal of some sort. I don't know. Yeah, it's scary. like a mobster. So um, so Dean hires Keith to watch his wife, and he's worried about his wife's assistant Wally. And then he goes mm-hmm. to Piz's radio show, and he says the Greek houses are back, and one vote was compromised. 
because of plot. And so Dean now has a deciding vote. Who cares what Patty Hearst did or said? Uh, I am voting in favor. So the Pisegs parade around the campus in a giant Hummer. And then the Dean drives by those happy folks. And then he gets ambushed by the women and gets his van covered in spit and eggs. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering where the spit was. Uh, yeah. I think it was just, yeah, spitting on the van, which I don't know. To me, why call the episode spit and eggs? There's th- this is not the biggest part of this episode. I don't know. <laughs> so Keith says, "Hey, no worries, Wally's gay." And then they stumble across this ad that says, uh, "I'll choose my next victim at the pie suit party." It's just like slasher material. Um, I don't know Mercer and Mercer and Mo were probably watching Scream and going, "All right, let's let's do something really scary." I put an ad in the paper. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> so the dean tells Veronica that he's excited about his wife getting back, and that's what that what's. And then she sees uh, Landry saying, "Oh, I just got back from an enlightening trip." Um, so um, Veronica tells Keith about Landry and Mindy and the whole Rory Finch thing, and uh, I, I love the whole thing where. Keith comes home and sees Veronica eating soup. He's like, you know, I know, I, you know, I think that's a side dish or something like that. I was just like, yes, Keith, me too. <laughs> like, you don't I know. Just it was like, you a, that's not a meal. That's not a meal. That's, if you, you, you eat a bowl of soup and an hour later, you're starving to death. Yeah. But she knows her dad. There's a meatloaf waiting for him. <laughs> So Keith brings the evidence to the affair with Dean. The Dean gets drunk while Keith kind of watches over him. Uh, Keith goes to crack open an expensive bottle, but Dean says he wants to save that. He's doing cheap stuff tonight and lots of it. So yeah. he leaves the Dean in his office to sleep. And then uh, Dean Landry, uh, not Dean Landry, Dean Odell gets a gun. And uh, after Mindy and Landry uh, wrap a bang sesh, as I wrote in my notes, um, <laughs> He got a knock at the door. It's the dean, and then we don't know what happens. But then we see the dean waking up to eggs being thrown against his window. Um, probably some spit there too. And then someone walks into his office and he says, "What are you doing here?" And Weevil finds the dean dead. And I'll have to say now, welcome to the second season three mystery. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, starting with this episode, Rob Thomas and the crew's plan for the season changed. While they had initially scheduled three major story arcs for the season, Mm -hmm. the number was now bumped down to two, while the last few episodes would be standalone. In addition, (laughs) Thomas turned what was scheduled to be the third major mystery into a two-episode storyline, with the last five episodes of the season being standalone. He said, it seemed like a good time to do it. A good, fun test balloon. All right, so oh, oh, that's, I don't know what, that's a choice. <laughs> what he was testing for. So. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Maybe it was around then that he found out that they were not getting 22, they were getting 20. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, so let's get to the main event. Um, and I love how this episode opens. Piz and Mac. Mac, by the way. <laughs> Uh, she has not been on Veronica Mars. One of the, you know, the title characters of Veronica Mars has not been on, been on the show for the last seven episodes. Um, at the time, she was also a series regular on Big Love, so her schedule oh, was okay. difficult to figure out. And uh, 
because of this, ep- uh, of this other commitment, uh, Tina Majorino was only in 11 episodes of this season, uh, but she was supposed to be uh, in 12. So they still didn't have her in every episode. I, I don't know if you remember the Smallville days where they'd like split things up between like Green Arrow and Cassidy Freeman and, you know, like they'd have uh-huh. them for a certain amount. Aaron Ashmore would have a certain amount of episodes, even though mm-hmm. they're in the main credits every week. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I just, that's just not economical. That's so, such of a waste of money. I just can't believe that the network would let them do that. I don't know why all these characters are in the main credits if they're not going to be in the show on a regu- right. regular basis. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, this is such an opening. Piz and Mac looking for Veronica, and then we see her like running for her life. She's like bloody. And she collapses outside of Piz's room, which Piz's Piz and Wallace's room, which you know they're not going to be in there, and um, and the police are coming, and, <laughs> and the school is just <laughs> vacant. There's empty. Nobody is around. Everybody's at that pie seg party, and mm-hmm. she looks up when someone with brown pants and shoes stands next to her, mm-hmm. and then we go two days earlier. I, who did you think that was, by the way? Because I didn't actually remember. Well, yeah, then we get the uh, extremely depressing credits. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I guess it was Mo. It was Mo, but did you think it was Mo? Oh, at the time? Oh, Lord, no. I mean, I just thought that's the rapist. That's the rapist, okay. Because I was thinking it was Weevil, like Weevil Founder or something like that. Because uh, I just saw the brown pants, I thought maybe it's the janitor, you know, his, his janitorial gear. So we got it two days earlier. And we have oh yeah the party before the Greeks are voted back in, which is a Lilith house saying na 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 hey hey goodbye, and Dick mm-hmm. moons them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know Logan tells her tells Veronica it's not working. He's constantly feeling like disappointment. She won't let him help her, and he wants to be less. He wants less pain now than yeah. more pain later. And he says he's here if she needs him, but she never needs anything. Uh-huh. Ouch. So you have problems with this, I think. I, I mean, it all makes sense. I mean, he just doesn't see it working, so he might as well rip the Band-Aid off now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, I just don't understand why. I mean, they had been arguing. Like, you could see this coming. You knew they were going to break up because yeah. they were arguing. And because Piz is just like... Yeah, Piz. puppy dog eyes Piz everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I will say it, it is jarring. It is. Um. But I think that's why we saw him see her not answer her phone. Like, even though mm-hmm. they made up, even though they told each other they loved each other, in the end, she doesn't even need him. And that's how Logan feels. Like she's mm-hmm. refusing his help. She's refusing his help. Now she's just like she won't even. She's not even going to answer his call. Like he, he's not first on her mind. Like he's not a priority to her. He's not somebody she's going to be excited to answer the phone for. So I do kind of feel for Logan, even though it does kind of kind of come out of out of the out of thin air. It seems at, at the beginning of this episode. You know, I I, I feel mm-hmm. like there should have been something more. Like maybe the. Maybe maybe another incident like the not answering the phone call should have happened at the beginning of this episode. You know, keep that mm-hmm. missed phone call at the end of the last one to keep us not like full blown hashtag love. <laughs> yeah. Like every nothing's gonna happen, everything's gonna be all right. 
But I don't know. All right. So uh, while also Mac, sympathetic, Piz looking pretty cheery. I don't know if he's heard anything about this uh, breakup or not, but uh, <laughs> he's either cheerful about it or oblivious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Parker and Veronica talk about the classified air ad and Veronica's not sure if it's real or not. And that's when Parker gives her the drink testing coaster and a rape whistle. Mm-hmm. So she gives it to the dean, tells her, tells her the Pi Six need to use these coasters at this big party. And uh, so, meanwhile, in criminology class, Veronica gets an A, uh, and, but she gets a note from uh, Tim to say see her, see him. So he has Dick, Chip, and the, some others circled in a Pi Six photo. He's wary of sharing info with Veronica, and he and I think he calls her or she calls. She's like, "What are we going to be, Cagney and Pasty?" <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't even realize they used that in Veronica Mars. That's that's a, that's definitely something that stuck out uh, in iZombie to me as like a iconic little moment oh. between Clive and uh, Liv, Cagney and Pasty. Uh, huh. That's so funny. That's funny. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't realize yeah. it. Oh my gosh. Uh, so in walks Bo- the promiscuous Bonnie, and uh, uh, Veronica's wondering. We've seen her before. Yeah, is she working undercover? What's going on here? What <laughs> or undercovers? Heyo. Um, <laughs> Mo comes into Piz's room, talking about the surprise constantly left in the third. I know stall. who she looks like. Oh, she looks like the girl on uh, The Walking Dead right now. Are you watching The Walking Dead? Yeah. You know the girl. Are you talking about um, the daughter? Not Carl's uh, new girlfriend, Lydia. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. She reminds me of her. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know. That girl reminds me of uh, Chloe Moretz, Chloe Grace from Moretz, Moretz Grace, uh, the girl from because of the cheekbones. Must be. Must be the cheekbones. I have no mm-hmm. idea. <laughs> <It> <laughs> looks like her. Anyway, Mo's informing that this guy, whoever is leaving these dumps, is probably suffering from a terminal disease. I thought it was funny and gross. Oh, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a gross scene. It was unnecessary, but it was funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he says that he's driving to take back the night cart, and uh, she gives if Veronica gives Mo her number. Like, if you see anybody who's acting out of sorts, call me. This would have been so much better if it was Michael Sarah. Uh-huh. Yes. This whole thing would have been so much... This whole rape story would have been so much better if it was Michael Sarah. It would have meant so much more. Yeah. Is this somebody we met before? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Instead of this... Just this one guy. Just, just this guy. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, I definitely would love to just... You, I, I was thinking about that when we were watching the Rapes of Graph episode about like, oh man, he knows more than what he's leaning on. And I remembered that Michael Sarah was supposed to be this Mo character, but mm-hmm. um, so uh, uh, Veronica uh, tells the boys that they're going to the Pisig party. Uh, she then begs Mac to help, and Mac says resistance is futile, which I loved. Um, <laughs> she she asks them to check the drinks with coasters, gives them all fake IDs as a reward, oh. and then we see 
And yeah, that guy from Rapes of Graph, one person from that episode decided to show up and it was the guy that she threw dr- a drink in his face who was trying to get points off of her. He's mm-hmm. he's the one that's uh, um, looking at the IDs. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't recognize. Yeah, he, she like throws a drink in his face, and then he tries to throw one in her face, and he she grabs it and throws it in his face again. All right, <laughs> um, okay, so Veronica finds out that the the coasters are not the same coasters, and Chip's like, "Hey, listen, find a drug drink, and uh, you can test it yourself, and get back to me." She just like squashes a coke coaster and drops it in uh, Chip's uh, date's drink or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the band that's playing is called the Diamond Smugglers, by the way. Uh-huh. I looked it up because I was like, who are these people? Uh, yep. They're just a Neil Diamond cover band. From Austin, uh, Rob Thomas's uh-huh. hometown. He They played at Rob Thomas's wedding and at his 40th birthday party. <laughs> so Rob Thomas is a fan. Yep. And uh, we get one of the first uh Endearing Piz moments. I don't know the the manic dance that he does in front of this guy, so he can check this girl's drink. So Wallace can check the girl's drink from behind. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Just. Uh, it's fun. It, no, it was not endearing. No. No. It was funny. Thomas Rob Thomas included Piz dancing humorously at the fraternity party because quote he could watch it over and over. And he says there were about it was roughly fifteen minutes of footage of him dancing. That they had to go through because they just kept the camera rolling. <laughs> um, Veronica finds Bonnie on Dick. Uh, why did I write it that way? Um, and she says, "Do you see a ring?" And Veronica says, "My advice: use production." Both of you. Um, meanwhile, Mac is being hit on. She's got a T-shirt. By the way, we noticed that it says, "Ask me about my STD." <laughs> by the way, uh, Rob Thomas came up with the idea for that T-shirt. Uh, saying, uh, it's funny, I actually made that up and now I have one too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I'm at a party, but I'm antisocial. Yeah. I do not want to be here. Do not talk to me. It's like, want to try my whiskey? Sure. She pours it into her cup. She tests it, tosses it out. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Mo and Fern show up to pick up a drunk girl. Um, Tim shows at the party, screams at Bonnie. I know everything. Mm. For every guy you've been with, I've been with somebody too. I don't believe that. Um, but yeah, he does get a little cray. A little bit of uh, Lucky coming out in him. The Lucky the janitor. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, we're expecting Tim there to be more to Tim. Yeah, he's supposed to. He's gonna pull that wig off anytime now, and he's gonna be like, "I've been lucky this entire time." <laughs> uh, Veronica finds Mercer and Logan hanging out. Mercer goes to DJ. Uh, Wallace and Piz find a cup with the name Kim Kaiser that's been dosed, and she's gone. It's and she goes. She went to the Harborview Apartments. They find out Logan demands to let him go rescue Kim. And Wallace joins him. And then Veronica grabs the mic and asks where Kim Kaiser is. And one girl says that she's not even here. Her little sister was here and she was using her ID. And she went back to Venice Hall. And so since Veronica doesn't have a cell phone and neither does Logan and Wallace, she runs off on her own. Why does she have a cell phone? Yeah, that's a good idea. Why didn't she have a cell phone? <laughs> no, that's something I'm adding as a note because... Yeah. <laughs> 
Everybody has cell phones. She's running off. Everybody should be able to get in touch with each other. She's running off to stop a rapist, like, with no backup and and no dog name backup either. Um, (laughs) And she also notices uh, before she leaves, Mercer's set starts, but Mercer is not there. So she realizes that the rapist is Mercer after she realizes that his radio show, which is playing at the Pi Sig party, is a recording of a show that she heard in Parker and Mac's room the night Parker was raped. I didn't even realize that. I read that in trivia. And I guess that's something you can go back and check out, that the radio show that was playing in the room was Um, Mercer's radio show. Okay. (laughs) Um, or was there even a radio show? Anyway, he he had the schedule. He had his name on the schedule. This person that I got this from a website that could have could have written this wrong, but his name was definitely on the schedule, saying that he was doing a radio show. But mm-hmm. um, it was a recording. Mm. Anyway, which I thought was like debunked because it's a call-in radio show. But I guess right. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, his alibi is blown wide open. Uh, meanwhile, Sax gets a bomb threat And he's like, whatever <laughs> I don't uh, know what that was all about <laughs> Yeah, that was weird yeah. like, oh, That happens all the time during finals <laughs> So we get this scene We get to see Mercer in his element uh, Doing the classic villain speech uh-huh. What did you think about this? This is crazy, crazy stuff Yeah, mm-hmm what do I think about it? Yeah. <laughs> it was creepy. Creepy. I think it was creepy. Okay. He's disgusted by the unicorns and he gets his groove on and he goes to the bed. He's super cocky. He says, I don't have any patience for romance. I'm going to take what I want that you would have happily given to me if I put in the time. Mm-hmm. And of course, under the bed, un- un- under the uh, blanket is Veronica because uh, she has Carrie stuffed in the closet. Veronica tases him. They scuffle. She scratches his face. He punches mm-hmm. hers, and as that's why she's bleeding. Yep. And as he's pulling her out from going on hiding under the bed, she stabs him with one of the unicorns and runs for her life. <laughs> okay, the unicorns. The, see, that's another reference. You know how she's always like unicorns and ponies and. <laughs> yeah. You, do you yeah. do you have that trivia? Because I have it. <laughs> oh no! I mean, I just recognize. Oh, I was just like, oh, another reference. Okay, so Rob Thomas called the scene in which Mercer attacks Veronica the one he was happiest with for any number of reasons. First, it was shot with 27 different camera angles, the most for any Veronica Mars episode. It took 10 to 11 hours to film. Uh, It featured a number of fake unicorns in various forms. And unicorns are an in-joke among the cast and crew after one season two script involved Veronica calling a store. I don't know if you remember this. Unicornicopia. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. While directing the scene, Thomas wanted to find an unusual weapon to be used, and a unicorn uh, uh, struck him as funny. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, a little Easter egg back at the Halloween episode, Mercer is dressed as Alex from A Clockwork Orange, by the way. Yeah. Uh, who is, you know, a pretty bad guy in Clockwork Orange, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I saw that movie once and was like, nope. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, yeah, it was like a rapist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she, uh, also, uh, yeah, we already mentioned Michael Sarah was supposed to be the rapist. He couldn't come back. 
Um, I'm assuming they decided to then split the character in two, right? Um, but ah, uh, uh, okay. But I mean, it's pretty. I thought it was hilarious that they were. Well, they not hilarious, but I thought it was funny. So funny. I mean, not really funny, but you know, I thought I liked Strange. the touch of. I liked the touch of the tea. Because that's how they introduced Mo. That he was like so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am uh, so much more sophisticated mm-hmm. than you freshmen because I drink tea, yeah. and he, that's how he was. He was He's drugging so the quirky. girls. Yep. Oh yeah. Exactly. Yep. So Mo goes to call the police. She runs. To, she runs to Piz's room. They. That's Mo's the one that finds her. Brings her to her his room. Uh, she drinks his tea. And then she notices a picture of him and Mercer as he goes to call the police, quote unquote, but he's going to go get Mercer. And then she starts feeling the drug take over. Did you notice about that picture, by the way? Anything strange about that picture? What about it? Well, they are dressed in the uh, prisoner and guard uniforms from the Stanford prison experiment test that they had. Mm -hmm. So hinting at, much like Rafe and Horkshack... Um, Mercer and Mo had this relationship post that social experiment and Mo kind of, you know, I'm sure I'm, I'm picturing Mercer as the prison guard breaking Mo and making Mo, uh, do his bidding and fall. His subordinate. subordinate. He wants to do anything for him. He'll, he'll, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Okay, that's a that's a nice touch. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. It's so quick because too. that's why I was like, "What is the point of these two? What is what is their connection? Is, why yeah. are they doing this?" I from that picture, I'm assuming that they uh, developed this bond, friendship, sick bond, uh, sick twisted bond through this little sociology experiment, um, and that uh, uh, Mercer broke him. Um, you know he's definitely um, guilty as well, <laughs> but um, there is some sort of. I mean, we see Mercer then slapping him around while Veronica hides, and there is there's some some domination stuff going on here. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So Mercer wants to grab more GHB and dose her until she can't remember anything. And uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, she hit him. She hit Mercer and excuse me, Mo in the foot with a hammer and calls. Is on the phone trying to call her father Who's not answering his phone So um, Veronica Blows the whistle uh, Which gets Parker's attention Who runs out of her room and sees Mercer coming back with the GHB drugs And says where is she And then she starts screaming rape Yeah that was great Such a great scene Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah uh, Mercer runs off, Mo runs after him, and Parker finds Veronica on the floor of Mo's room. Which, uh, it, it was nice for a change not to have, like, Logan find her, you know? Like, the big man uh, rescuing his girl. It was it was women supporting women, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's good. <laughs> yeah, especially because there's been the tension between... <sighs> What's her face? Parker. I don't even know her name. Parker. <laughs> See? Her name's Parker. Like... I- <laughs> Who is are you? Like I'm not even sure. <laughs> uh, so we're at the police station. Keith yells at Sachs about not evacuating after a bomb threat. Still, I have no idea what that's about. Um, 
And uh, she says that they can track Mo by his phone. So Keith busts into that cheap hotel room where Mercer is crying as Mo's pulling the unicorn horn out of his leg. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he probably was a little, probably got a little rough putting those two a holes into his car and bringing them to the police station. Um, but we didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, Veronica explains to Mac, Wallace, and Piz that Mo set up victims by dosing them, bringing them back to the to their rooms so Mercer could attack them. Mo shaved Veronica, so Mercer had an alibi, and the pie sigs were just a scapegoat. And she starts to wonder where is Logan, and then well, they yeah they yeah uh, Mo gives Mercer the keys; he can get into any room. Mm. Yeah, yep. and uh, uh, so was Mac. Asks was the re- where Lo- if you- I'm sorry. Was the relationship between Mercer and Mo what, what you were confused about? I mean, because the rest of it seems like it it works out for me. Because I mean, I wasn't confused. You just had some trouble with it. I don't. I don't know. I just I didn't just, know if it was something else. It's just I'm just re- I'm just over it. <laughs> <laughs> just no. I mean, what did I have a problem with? What did I uh, not understand? No, I think I understood this. Mm-hmm. This I mean, this episode was perfectly. Oh, it's great. Straightforward. Mm-hmm. Straightforward. Yeah. You know, it, oh, I just didn't understand the relationship between Mo and Mercer. Oh, okay. I don't understand why Logan was covering for Mercer. I don't understand Mercer's. Okay, so there uh, were stand, Mercer's stand for prison control Express, over everybody. Yeah, and then Logan, Logan and the hotel thing happens. So I think I think that all clears it up. Still unhappy okay. that a motel burnt down and. Logan is not being held responsible for it, or you're not finding anything about it. But I guess I'll have to let that go. But yeah, I mean, one of the best Logan moments of the entire series, I'd say. That was great. He takes a yes. hammer to the police cruiser, and you're just like, "What the hell is he doing?" And then mm-hmm. he gets wa- he gets walked into that prison cell, and uh, there's Mercer and Mo, and it's just like, <laughs> what's sad about it is. We don't see what happens. <laughs> yeah, but he we loves Veronica so much that he will go to jail. And you know, and it's like Mo's and Mercer is uh Mercer's one of his friends, you know, he trusted him. And mm-hmm. uh, to think that uh, you know, him discovering that he was covering up for him, you know. All right, so Spin Eggs was uh great, one of the best episodes of Veronica Mars, I have to say. Um I mean, yeah, I mean, it was produced well, and it was funny, and it was good if it just wasn't about campus rape that we're so sick of. (laughs) Also, yeah, yeah, just devote the entire episode to that. You're wrapping up the, I mean, introducing that second mystery of the Dean, and then naming the episode after that, because I don't see how Spit and Eggs has anything to do with the the rape at all, rapes at all. I I don't. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go on to the next episode called Show Me the Monkey, uh, written by John Embaum and Robert Hull. Veronica looks for a missing monkey, while Keith weighs whether or not he believes that Dean O'Dell was murdered. So mm-hmm. we start with the we'll, – we'll do the dead Dean thing first because it's not that much. It's six weeks later, and I, I believe we're past the hiatus of season three. <laughs> um, Veronica and Keith – uh, get obsessed with the word Manila. And so that happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Mindy has an appointment. He, she's Keith didn't, or sorry, Dean, the Dean didn't kill himself. Uh, he, he'd sulk. He's, he's a sulker, but he would, he would divorce me, but he would never kill himself. 
and she says that uh, she and uh, Landry were together that night, so they're like they're they're each other's alibis. They didn't kill him. Um. So Veronica, then <laughs> I love this. Keith Veronica finds Keith walking through the campus and and he says he needs to talk to Weevil and she's like how did you find me and he's my cell phone's not on and he's like maybe I'll tell you someday <laughs> <laughs> that was cute um so Weevil tells Keith how he found the dean and that there was a note on the, written on, typed on the screen goodbyes cruel world z z z z z z um so uh Keith is surprised about the bottle not being open. So he tells Veronica about the bottle in the note. And Veronica says her paper was about the perfect murder. And that perfect murder was to leave a note on the computer. So it can't be traced. And she used the example of notes. Goodbye, cruel world. So coincidence. Nope. <laughs> so Keith talks to Landry at the bar. And uh, there's a song playing, by the way. Did you know what song this was playing? Did you recognize that? Uh, I, I mean, yeah, but what's the it's, significance? It's Long, Long Time by Linda Ronstadt. Uh-huh. Do you, does that song not sound familiar to you? I mean, I mean except I as a song. I know the song, but I don't know what the <laughs> in, reference in, is. In iZombie, Blaine actually sings that song. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's really good. Um. So... Uh, I just it must be like a song that Rob Thomas likes, you know. Probably <laughs> or somebody in, on the iZombie staff really likes, you know. Um, who carried over from Veronica Mars? Um, so uh, they have a toast to women, and Keith makes up this whole story about, oh yeah, when I, you know I torched my own car when I went after my ex, and he ever done something silly like that? And Landry's like, I know who you are, and he kind of storms out, says he read his book or something. You should read my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and profiling, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. So it's after that that Keith said, tells Mindy that he's going to take the case. And she says, what made you change your mind? And he says, the scotch. Mm-hmm. That, that bottle. Yeah, I mean, that is suspicious. Mm-hmm. So let's go through this missing monkey case. <laughs> okay. I was excited at, at first because it seemed that Mac had a case. Like the, the lab assistants went to Mac. And they're like, you know, you need to help us out. They tra- The activists trashed our hard drive. Now we're missing a monkey and 20, 20 rats. We got to find out before the the professor finds out. And so uh, these lab assistants, uh, Veronica, a uh, Mac brings to Veronica, and uh, I mean, you know how the how the case ends. So I'll just tell you, there's a funny little naming thing that happens here. Um, the girl is called Pauline, and um, the boy is called Gil Thomas Party, and they keep calling him Gil Thomas. Um, if you abbreviate Thomas for T, his name is Guilty, Guilty. Party, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know. I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Yeah, it just it seems like Rob Thomas shows they have a hard time naming people, <laughs> or not a hard time, but there's a lot that goes into naming characters. Mm. And oh, yeah. such. There's a whole lot of there's a there's a big um, clearance thing you got to do for every name, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think they'll they'll go for either the the funny reference or the funny pun. <laughs> uh huh. Or just a regular old name. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, 
the, the so they say uh, I just love when they show up and they're with their lab coats and Veronica's like finally they're coming to take me away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they think it's the fat kids, the people for the humane animal <laughs> treatment. Um, so Veronica and Matt go undercover, and meanwhile the resident advisor tells uh, tells them about the Veronica and Mac to do the around the world party. Dress up the rooms as different con- countries And Parker says they should be out Since they're all single now um, And this resident advisor by the way Is uh, Jackie Tone And she's currently one of the stars of Glow Oh really? Yep. Okay yeah. um, So they go to this fat meeting And they meet Bronson um, and, uh, he pretends to be like a new guy too, but then he steps up and gives a presentation. It's the whole meet cute thing. Um, we've seen this before. Well, he's, he is pretty cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really like him. I was surprised his IMDb, barely anything on there. I know. Yeah. I saw that. Like he doesn't even have a picture. So she, Veronica's trying to press on more quote unquote active stuff. And Bronson's like, Hey, we're doing some sweet letter writing. Um, but then this girl Darla comes up and says they're protesting Psycho Bow Hunter Ed Argent's concert. Ah, uh-huh. and you know what that—that's a reference to, right? Yes, Ted Nugent. Um, this character was actually supposed to be a cameo appearance by Ted Nugent. What? And uh, they said that he did not appear on the show due to scheduling conflicts. That's weird. Yeah. So and they said they changed the name to Ed Argent, uh, and made a reference to some band called Argent. But it was going to literally be Ted Nugent as Ted Nugent, and they were going to dupe him. Which he's a crazy jackass. I mean, in in my humble opinion, and to think that he'd be game to do this, I it, it surprises me. Me too. <laughs> but also. Like, why would you want him on your show? Yeah, well, they, you know, I mean, they had Paracel then. I mean, why not? <laughs> I guess, I yeah. guess we can we can have these people on our shows if we can constantly make jokes about them after they're gone. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and and I know this was this was uh, thirteen. Uh, how how long ago? Thirteen years ago. Yeah. I mean, I know things were different, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. We were definitely not as divided as we were. I mean, I don't know. George yeah. Bush was in it's charge, like, wasn't it? Yeah, it's not <laughs> like it would be today having Ted Nugent on your television show. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, that's weird. Yeah. Or was was Barack in office at this time? No, yeah. that was 08. Is this 06? Must this be- is 06. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah George George Bush was. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there there's letter writing. Um, Bronson is giving Max smiles, and uh, we have Darla and Goateed Bra. That's who I named him. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> um, say they want to do some active stuff, and um, they want her to, them to do some active stuff to prove themselves. So Veronica talks business to getting Art, Ed Argent on the radio show. Um. And then, uh, I don't know, Pauline says there's food that's gone, so somebody's feeding the monkey, and they, the light is cast on Emmy, who is like another lab person, and she's more into plants. She'd never steal a monkey. So they pull that meat is murder 
prank on Ed Argent. What else? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they get brought into this room where it looks like it's going to be a calendar shoot, but then it turns out, <laughs> haha, it's uh, Bronson is in charge of this whole uh, fat organization. And so, the, yeah, and then we go to the party thing, and it turns out that uh, we have uh, Veronica, Mac, and uh, Parker have t- turned their room into Canada by putting a small picture of a moose <laughs> and then playing bare naked ladies, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. And having accents. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did they say a boat? A boat. <laughs> or something. They said something. I was distracted by the ants band. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So Parker says she's over Piz. He, she thinks he has a girl back home. Uh, and so they're all about to go mingle. Veronica looks disgusted at the idea of mingling. Um, she ends up talking to some sad guy about his ex. <laughs> uh, Bronson doesn't show, so Veronica co- closes Canada. <laughs> and then she goes to Russia, talks to some guy who immediately gets distracted. Bronson shows up late and tries to give Mac a kiss, but she backs away. And so Veronica and Parker then bring Max to visit Bronson to get that kiss. And there's a girl that answers the door. Her name's Amy. They're all celebrating a victory over Bellasema Cosmetics or something. They're not going to do animal testing. And mm-hmm. Max discovers the rats in his room. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and they ask. He she finally asks him how long he's been with Amy, and this is nineteen years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my sister. They're like sisters, brother, sister, and twins. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Um, and then they ask about the rats, and they just showed up on his doorstep. Likely story, uh, Veronica. But it is, it's true. Like this dude seems like very honest. Mm-hmm. So was the honest ones, though, or the honest-looking ones? Um. So yeah, Sax. Veronica ends up telling Sax. He checks the place out. The rats are gone. Veronica is upset at Mac because Mac actually tipped uh, Bronson off. But she has been digging into the ruined hard drives and finds uh, little leaves. And uh, Veronica shows them to Emmy. And uh, she's got green tea. She also has a squeaky banana, which she said she stole because the monkey was driving her crazy. And, um. Well, and uh, early in the episode, the. Uh the female lab assistant, you know, is like, these are not pets. We do not name them. Right. We, and, and it was alluded to that this animal is going to die. Right. So yeah, Veronica figures it out. For the good of, for the good of humans, for curing cancer, for developing medicine. Right. Or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Veronica like reassembles the paper, discovers that they're like near naked ladies on the paper, so somehow that tips her off to Gil. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I think she a, just suspects. That was a Clark Kent <laughs> uh, for me. <laughs> uh, stop talking bad about Smallville. Um, so Gil says he felt pity and compassion, and the monkey's name is now Oscar. It was so cute. That monkey was so cute. How it would just curl up in his lap. It was adorable. It was. Um, and I tell you, this is one of the biggest uh, uh, celebrity celebrity cameos this week because this monkey is named Katie. It's a capuchin monkey, and you have seen it before playing Marcel really? on Friends. Ah, oh. same monkey. Hmm. I don't watch Friends. I figured this would be a big thing. Yeah. Okay. That's. I mean, that's very memorable. <laughs> you've, you've never watched Friends? I have an episode or two. 
It was on yesterday at work. Okay. I watched every episode of Friends. Mm-hmm. You know, loved it. It was just right in my wheelhouse since it was like our time, you know. Uh-huh. And I've never had the desire to watch an episode because ev- it's like every word of dialogue is burned into my brain. <laughs> And the jokes are not funny because I, I know exactly what's coming. <laughs> but but yesterday I was like, I'm just feeling like nostalgic or something, so I'm going to watch it. And it was one of the first episodes, and it was great. I'm done with comedies that have studio audiences. I tried, and I, I you know I, I say this guiltily with a hat, hat in my hand because I know it got canceled. But I tried one day at a time. And just like, oh my I, god, I couldn't because it's one of those uh, Big Bang Theory guys, Bill Prady. Oh yeah, it's his show. Yeah, well, I was got, I was watching it for uh, Gloria Calderon Kellett, who was a writer on um, on um, iZombie. And yeah, it it may be well written, well acted, yeah. funny. Uh, very timely may tackle all these social issues, but yeah, I can't stand the studio uh, audience. It just it's it's is gone. Is it a studio it's, audience or, or is it a life track? Or life? Tra- I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's uh, it's one or the other. It, but it is really annoying. It's really yeah. annoying. These days. I, I'm done with my that. My mother in law. My mother in law got Netflix, and I said, "Oh, let me turn you. You might like this. Let me turn this on on for you." And they were like, "Turn that off." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it sucks because it's like it's distracting. I am all about listening not, to the actors and enjoying noxious. performances and getting into stories, but just to hear people. Ah! If I'm in a theater with people, I am totally okay with that. You're part of the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't make me want to laugh. That doesn't that doesn't affect me. Like I don't want to go along with that laughter. It's terrible. Because that's what the that's what the point is. It's there. It's wanting you to laugh along with the laugh track, and I can't do it. Um. So yeah, if there's a way, I mean, you there's audio description on Netflix, right? You can actually enable a um a, a show to, you know, have somebody pop on and be like, okay, so Daredevil is walking into a building right now. He's looking around. And then you hear the audio of the show as well. So if you can alter a show to have audio description, there's got to be a way to just drop a laugh track out. Because <laughs> I would totally watch it. First. Have you have you watched those YouTube clips of the Big Bang Theory where they take <laughs> yes. the laugh track out? It is so creepy. But it, it's, it's funny because they are like – they. That is filmed with a live studio audience. I've actually been on that set, you know, on, during a, like a WB tour or something, Fox tour, some some sort of tour I did in California. And they have big risers um, right up close to where that set is. So you're watching the show as they're in it. It's that big apartment set at least, you know? And uh, so people watch the show and live react to it. And there's laughs. So, if the the audience is live on the set, um, the actors are naturally pausing to you know, like they get the laugh and then they kind of wait. They don't want to just keep talking as if there's no laughing going on. They're they're waiting for the laugh to add, to die down and then they s- start up again. You know, or uh-huh. they're purposely like kind of goading more laughter with the way they're acting. When yeah. you, when you take that out, it is definitely strange because they are waiting for that laugh. They're yeah. So I don't know how they how they do that, but. But I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I wonder if one day at a time isn't in front of a live studio audience, they're not naturally waiting for that laugh. 
Um, unless maybe they're instructed, hey, there's pro- this is probably going to be a big laugh beat, so just wait extra like 10 seconds here and then keep talking, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, how the heck did we there's get off? some rhythm. I don't know. Oh, friends. <laughs> oh, Marcel. Yeah. The monkey. All right, so. It was, it was cute. So uh, Gil keeps uh, the monkey, probably loses his job, I'm assuming. Um, Veronica, no, no, he actually comes back. Nobody tells but the professor says, oh, time to get another monkey. Science marches on. Yeah. Well, see, I just wonder in that case how, uh, I mean, how you keep from falling in love with that animal. I have, I have no idea. Can you just tell yourself that that animal is going to die and it's just it's, and you have to keep your distance. You distance yourself from that animal. There are certain jobs I'm totally not made for, and that's one of them. Mm-hmm. I cannot understand yeah. it. <laughs> oh, I know. My coworker has snakes, and he talks about buying mice and rats, and that if he got a boa, he would have to start uh, uh, raising rabbits. I was like, oh, my God, Ugh. no. No. <laughs> All right, so we should really wrap this up. I will. I will just say, okay. So Matt goes to Bronson's and he and invites him to go see two thousand and one and seventy millimeter. And I'm like, Matt, can I go on that date with you? I don't. I'm I know. married, but I know we had that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, I really like these two together. I wish that we had more show to do. You know, I yeah. hope that this is a that he comes back and that this is a this is a story. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know Mac is back because I'm sure we've run out of episodes that she can't be in <laughs> at this point. <laughs> uh, so last bit I wanted to talk on is uh, some Logan and Dick stuff or Logan and Piz stuff and also Dick. Dick takes a Polaroid of his privates, tosses it off Logan's balcony. <laughs> uh, Logan says they want him to stop doing that. <laughs> uh, so Dick tells Logan he's got to stop moping. Let me help you. And I'm like, oh, great. More video games. Um, but – Logan and Dick are ready to rock the waves and Chip is there. What a great guy to hang out with. Um, they notice girls, but Logan isn't interested. But later, they're drinking on the beach. The girls show up. Logan is wary. But you can notice that he can't help but be completely charming at the same time. <laughs> His little smile comes up and he, he's being polite, but he's also, you know. Um, and it's almost like he goes to his cell phone and he's like, nightcap, nightcap, not answering. Okay. Well, I guess I'll get a quickie in my truck from this girl. Um, and, uh, yeah, this girl. Didn't she say, oh, I can't believe I was with Aaron Eccleson. Yeah. Yeah. So this is guaranteed to get out. Right. Mm. Veronica has lunch with Piz. He talks about, they, they take, they talk together about the frustration of, uh, the pressure of dating. Um, Piz says he knows what he likes. Why bother with something that is a waste of time? Wink, wink. And and Veronica sees this wink, wink conversation. She's like, I know, right, Logan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah. Get Piz it, girl. thinks that they're having a moment together, and yeah. they are not. He's having a moment. She is somewhere else. So she goes to Logan. They have a big romantic kiss. They're back together again. I love how he closes the door with his foot. (laughs) (laughs) Piz sits down in the food court again with Veronica and is sad to see Logan join them and gets up and Mm. leaves. Aw, poor Piz. Yeah. I mean, I did did feel for him. I do, but I'm also like... I think Logan realized, huh? I do too, but I'm also like, 
fully on board uh, Logan and Veronica, and I know these blasted writers made Logan hook up with this girl just so they can have a reason to tear Logan and, and Veronica up again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like Veronica is out of Piz's league. <laughs> He's so small-town boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And she's... I can see from Piz's yeah. point of view, this girl is hilarious. She's smart. She's she helps people. She's a good person, you know, uh-huh. and and just a probably a blast to be around. Um, what she sees in him, I don't know. Yeah, what does he have? Again, yeah. let us know. Twitter, Facebook, hashtag the case for Piz. I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear it. All right, so I think that's it for today because we really gotta hang it up. We've got. Um, Four more episodes to talk about next week And then we're going to be doing another week of three episodes And then it's the movie And uh, some Play It Again Dick At the end of our Veronica Mars So it's we're winding down What's coming up next for for us? What's coming up next week? Uh, uh, hold on, I was tweeting out uh, For people to defend Piers <laughs> um, Okay, episode uh, Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie Tramps Poughkeepsie Tramps and Thieves uh-huh. Poughkeepsie's in New York. Yep. We're going to New York. Poughkeepsie, tramps and thieves. Okay. Uh There's got to be a morning after pill. There's got to be a morning after pill. Okay. Post-game mortem. Uh Uh-huh. What season are we in? Are we in... Third? No, I mean, like, (laughs) we did basketball. Oh, right. I mean, we did did football. That's fall. Mm -hmm. Is it... Are we in? We're past winter time because we ha- we had Halloween. We had. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I you, guess we're in you, winter. Is this basketball season? You ready Maybe for some bas- March Madness? Yeah, it's definitely basketball season. Okay. Spoilers: It's about basketball. Um, <laughs> right. Mars bars. Mars, comma bars. Mm-hmm. Somebody's right. going to jail. Mm, we'll find out. Keep? This it's a pretty big episode. I will say. I just read a spoiler from it, so. Uh, All right. Well, uh, I'll talk to you next time as we go back to Hearst College for hopefully less rape next week. And uh, Uh, I hope the rape is over with. No more rape. No more rape. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag the case for Piz. Let us know. And don't get don't don't cite future episodes. Tell us what you're thinking at this point. Why we should be like on the Piz train. Anyway. Uh, Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye.